Welcome, sports fans. You have entered the man cave of the one and only Fan Man, broadcasting from his lazy boy recliner somewhere in the Vale of Paradise known as Valparaiso, Indiana. Welcome, sports fans, to the Fan Man Podcast. This is Bill Koch, and I am the Fan Man at the Fan Man Podcast. And and you can catch the Fan Man Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other platforms. And today, once again, I have our Cowboy expert. And we've been covering all the Cowboy games this year. Everyone, all the way from opening game against uh, Tom Brady and those Tampa Bay Buccaneers and all the way... To this game against the Vikings, we're going to talk about it. And the man that's been with me the whole way, Ron Brown. How you doing, Ronnie? I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for saying the word expert. I wouldn't describe it that way. I would hey, say listen. When, when you better. follow a team, I don't want to age you, but can I say 40 <laughs> years at least? Yeah, uh, sure. How long have you been I watching? Was, I mean, I've been watching Cowboy games 50 years. Well, we discussed this uh, the very first podcast. Uh, I right. said since I was uh, four years old, you know, see a television set. So right. that makes me 44. You're right. Right. So anything you do 40, 40 plus years, you're an expert in. That's how I look at it. All right. All right. You probably watched, I mean, how many Cowboy games have we watched, right? I mean, we've seen everything. And, um, we've seen them all. Yeah. Yeah. This podcast, I'm trying to get like, you know, I was thinking earlier, I was used to always having discussions with you. We talked about all the things the Cowboys did wrong. Right. From the owner all the way down to the locker room kids, right? Right. This year, we don't really have that kind of stuff. So this is a new experience. It is a new experience. And uh, and for me and you, it's a new experience. And and because, you know, we didn't, we didn't know each other when the Cowboys had the Tom Landry era. And we didn't know each other during the Jimmy Johnson era. So we've had... Our relationship as friends have always been frustrating years, right? Yes, it was based on uh, critiquing the Cowboys' latest screw-ups. Right. Yep. But what I'm seeing, and a perfect, I'm just going to use one perfect, I'm going to use the perfect example for this game, is that when I saw, now, you know, when you look, when you look at the replay of this, it doesn't look that fantastic because I've watched it about six times, but in reality it was. When Zeke Elliott in the fourth quarter caught that pass on third down and, and, and made it past the chains and got that first down and ran that ball to the five-yard line, I said to myself, that was Emmett Smith-like right there. Yeah. And I, mean, I, and uh, I got a feeling, Ron, and I just got this feeling in me that came back. I know I'm being a little dramatic, but this is what it was that night. When I saw that, there was this, like – feeling I got that this was like 1992 again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was a fantastic play. I mean, look, this is getting consistent week after week after week. Ezekiel Elliott making big plays when the game's on the line. Right. The fourth quarter. Yeah. It's, it's just one of the things. Well, same with Cooper. Same with a lot, you know, several players. And we won't go through all of them now, but uh, cause we'll right. talk about Elliott in a moment. But, uh, that was just, um, you know, I went to the Minnesota Vikings website, you know, the day after the game, and mm. they couldn't stop talking about that play in Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, yeah. They're like, why can't we have a back like that, right. you know? Right. Having a nose for that first down yard marker and not 
you know, that second effort, that third effort where you keep on your feet just remind me of number 22. And it was so great to see Zeke Elliott do that. And But what I say, and we'll get into this, but I really think, I really believe, you know, you talked about Cooper already. We talked about Zeke. I really think this year has been, and again, I haven't seen this since the Jimmy Johnson era, relationships, right? I mean, Ron, I know what you do for a living. You know what I do for a living. Relationships are important. It's important for people to get along. And I think Dak Prescott is at the helm of all of this success when it comes to Elliott running the ball, Cooper catching the ball. They all want to play together, and Prescott is the leader of this this offense. And I'll give McCarthy some credit too, though. I'll give it right. That's that's nothing that changed because Prescott was here before McCarthy. And I, by the way, I don't disagree with you, but what changed? Well, it was the coaching staff. I think the coaching staff, yeah, but I think this injury to Prescott was big last year. And I think there's like a whole new recommitment to everything with with him him coming back. Yeah, I, I agree. But, you know, I'm not, hey, listen, you know, Right now, all I want McCartney, and I, and <laughs> I don't know. I got some problems with McCartney, but but I can't really say. Here's what I will say: just don't get in the way, because I've got Kellen Moore running the offense. All the guys on offense are playing good. The defense is playing good. This may be a case where, hey, Mike, you know, I, do what you got to do, but let these guys let these guys uh, work the system here. Let Quinn do what he needs to do on defense, Dan Quinn. Let Kellen Moore do what he needs to do and let these players play, and that may be all we need. I mean, that's all we need right now. So if we go back in time here over the the first half, almost the first half of the season, I don't know what that first half is when he got 17 games. I don't know. I guess game half. I don't know. But anyway, um, when you look back on that, and, you know, we had some of these discussions uh, about, well, what are these fourth down and, you know, eight from your own 40-yard line calls that McCarthy's making, right? Right. Remember those things yep. going on? Yep, yep. And do you remember me saying, I'm like, I think he's seeing a bigger picture here. Yep. And, you know, in theory, it may not look like a very smart call, but I remember me talking about this on, on the podcast. I just kept saying it's like, I think something else is going on here. Long, I think he's doing a long-term thing. So I think that's what we're seeing now a little bit when you talk about these guys believing in each other because their coach believes in them. And, and, and he's not ashamed to remove somebody who's not a team player who's, you know, um, I'm just, you know, I, got, I got paid and now I don't have to do anything. And that just happened this week, right? Yeah. Jalen Smith, right? And right. Jalen was a good guy early in his career. I don't know what happened later. Um but this is what they've been doing. And, oh, by the way, Lil Collins didn't just, like, automatically get his job back. He has to earn it back. Right, That's Jimmy right. Johnson stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. And one thing I did like that he, that I saw this week, and it was just a small little glimpse, but I'm sure you were aggravated, so was I, because we didn't know what was going on in the game at that point, is when uh, uh, the Cowboy and the Cowboy well, – what did he do? He went, he, he went off sides on that punt, right? And gave Minnesota first down again. And they, and they, you're right. And they, and he got his ass chewed out by McCarthy when he came to the sidelines. 
Jason, that, Jason that Garrett good. would have been clapping. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Yes. Give him a swat on the butt as he came off the sidelines, right? Right. So uh, I, you know, he got cut the next day. Oh, he did get cut? And he got cut the next day. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Oh, yeah. He got cut instantly. Yeah, that, that was, wow. yeah, you can't have that. So this is very reminiscent. And look, I, we're, not, we're not trying to live the, the you know, 90s glory days. This is the 2000 or you know, 2020s now, right? Right. So not that, but what we're seeing is a head coach who's working the psychology of a young team. That's exactly what Jimmy Johnson had, a very young team. You know what I'm saying? And knew how to connect with them. Yeah. And I, I think McCarthy's doing that. I mean, there's more going on there on the coaching side that, that meets the eye, in my opinion. And some decisions that seem dumb, I think it's for a bigger picture reason. Yeah. Well, I, I, that does make sense. And let's hope that's the case. Let's hope that's the case because – they're definitely playing with confidence, so maybe maybe these third da- uh, these fourth down and uh, two or three on the other side of the field, maybe that did build some confidence in them that they can they can overcome those things, right? Because they've had some come from behind. I mean, they've had come from behind wins. Well, so, that's right. Yeah. Uh, but earlier in the season, they weren't making those fourth, you know. Right. No, they weren't making them. Big time. But again, you know. Well, the old saying about building character, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As hokey as that sounds, maybe that was all about building character. Right. And uh, let me just well, say this too. Let me let me just mention before because I'm probably not going to Cooper Rush, for instance, right? Cooper Rush, uh-huh. you know, here was the here's the takeaway I thought, and maybe this is McCarthy too. Okay, maybe this plays into what you're saying about McCarthy. Is Cooper Rush, you know? What do you what do you want out of your backup quarterback? What you want out of your backup quarterback really is someone who's not going to get flustered when something goes wrong, right? So I, what I saw Cooper Rush do was, hey, you know what? I got sacked. I fumbled the football, lost the ball. I threw an interception, but kind, but comes back, right? Yep. Doesn't let it bother him. Sort of what. Jason Garrett as the backup quarterback. I always, I always talk history here with the Cowboys. I'm sorry, but I got it. You remember Thanksgiving way back when they were playing the Packers and, and Jason Garrett had a start for yeah. Troy Aikman? And all he had to do was have one good game, and he threw a bomb to Alvin Harper to win that game against the Green Bay Packers and Brett Favre. But, but Jason Garrett as a quarterback was sort of like that. What you want out of your backup quarterback because he doesn't have to be a hero. Just don't, you know, if you do something stupid – don't let it bother right. you. And maybe that's what rubbed off with McCarthy and him because that was Cooper Rush the whole night. He was steady. And, and, and let some of the other stars, supposed stars on right. the team, do their job. Right. And, they, and they did. The yep. other stars did their job. Right. But that's why I say, and whether it's McCarthy, whether it's Prescott, whether it's somebody else, is I see this team. Michael Irvin always had a saying, don't cheat me. Don't cheat me at it. Like he would say to all of the players, "Don't cheat me," which meant I don't want you to take a day off on my expense. And I think that, and I think that's what this team is. I, I think, I think Cedric Wilson wants to make that big play. I know, you know, Cooper makes the big play, and all these guys are good. Don't get me wrong, but I think a lot of it is they don't want to be the goat. Right. You know, 
And I think that's part of the whole success this year. Even, well, man, you know. That's called accountability. Yeah. Accountability. And that's what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. And they screws up, right? He's a marginal player anyway, right? Yeah. He, he costs them big time. He's gone the next day. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's called accountability. Yeah. Right. And, and there's, we definitely didn't have that during the Gary. No. Eric. Right. There was no accountability during no. the Jason. Everything Garrett was Garrett. everything was clapping. It's okay. Remember that? Yep. But and there's, what, a, there's real accountability now. I mean, accountability to each other as players, right. accountability to the coach. Right. And there's that funny clip. I don't know if you've seen it, but when Garrett was there, I think it might have been his last game, the defense was coming off the field and Garrett was sticking his hand out for them to slap it. None of them slapped it. <laughs> That's when you knew Garrett's days were over. Yeah. yeah. He's mean, I can't even yeah. get a high five out of these guys. Man, they really must hate me. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Let's, let's get into it. Behind a strong okay. defensive effort and an offense that showed it could still move the ball, the Cowboys were rewarded with a last-second treat on Halloween, right? At the end of the Halloween night, for a big 20-16 to 16 victory over the Minnesota Vikings uh, with the injury to Prescott. Backup Cooper Rush was pressed into his first NFL start, and he played the part of a hero. Can you imagine this guy? He didn't take a snap in three. since 2017, I think. And yeah, get, yeah. It gets thrown they into this it, game. He got it done when he had to. Yeah. And to me, as a Cowboy fan, there is nothing sweeter than having your backup quarterback go into hostile environment like Minnesota with their bullhorn and all that nonsense and come out with a victory with your backup. It's like, dude, yeah. we just beat you with our backup quarterback. And it's there's nothing better than that. Yep. yep. That's uh, fairly embarrassing for the other team. Right. Although pedestrian at times early in the game, um, Rush was there at the end connecting with Amari Cooper for the winning touchdown pass with less than a minute remaining in the game, and I know you're going to agree with me here on Cooper's catch, um, that was a clinic, right? If you were to tell a wide receiver, how do I, how do I make a game-winning touchdown uh, with my feet in bounds in the end zone? There it is. That look what my, that was textbook. His touchdown. He, he high pointed that perfectly. Uh, now, uh, you know, you know, Cooper Rush put it right where he should have. Uh, but Cooper just did that for. I mean, that, this is what Amari Cooper does. The dude is, particularly in the second half of games, he just makes plays, man. He right. makes plays and win games. Right. And how about that juggling act he did too? Remember on that one? This this guy's unreal. He just yeah. makes plays. He makes plays, yeah. and uh, like I said, if you want to know how to how to uh, have a jump ball in the end zone and, and get your feet in bounds, watch that. If you're a, a young kid wanting to know how to do that, so, right? Here's a curious thing about that. Um, that's the first time we've seen that this year. Yeah. A uh, short pass like that. Because we've chronicled all the, well, my opinion, red zone issues with the Cowboys, right? Right. And I've, I've said before, as one weak point I think that Prescott has is once you get inside like the 15-yard line, at the 10-yard line, whatever, for some reason, they can't get it in the end zone. Yeah. And here they were in that same situation. And first play, actually, after Elliot picked up that first down, first play. 
uh, and it's just lofted over there to Cooper. We yeah. have not seen that all year. No, so, and I think that was a great one thing. Prescott has to get better at in that red zone doing plays like that. Yeah. And this Kellen Moore is outstanding because I'm gonna I, I I really believe this that last couple drives of that game he was seeing something in that secondary that he wanted to exploit because I really thought we could have ran that ball right down their throats with Pollard and, and Zeke at the end of that game, but he saw something there and he kept going. He you know when he had the confidence and rush and the passes yeah. just kept on coming and I'm like why the heck are they keep passing when you got Zeke and you got Pollard. But uh, more, more must have saw something there, and he exploited it. He consistently outcoaches the defensive coordinator on the other team yeah. every week. Yeah, consistently does. Right, right, and it's and it's just starting to the momentum now is really starting to build for him. You know, now this is another win. You know, all these wins are starting to stack up. So, Rush completed sixty percent of his passes for three hundred twenty-five yards and two touchdowns for a ninety-two. Uh, passer rating. Both Cooper and CeeDee Lamb topped 100 receiving yards, totaling 122 and 112 uh, respectively, uh, with seven players overall recording a catch. So everybody was kind of involved catching too, right? I'm sorry, what was that? I said they were, we had seven, the Cowboys had seven guys catching passes. I think they got everybody involved. Yeah, well, I think I just heard you say this, but he had two receivers over 100 yards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the right. and, it, and oddly enough, uh, you know, Cedric Wilson had three catches, obviously, it was a big one for 73 yards. Um, Elliott had four. Right. He, he had like 25, 30 yards on his catches. So, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, by the way, it wasn't just that, that play near, you know, the end of the game there. Statistically, I think he only had like 60 yards. Yeah. But he picked up a first down every time it was like third and five. Right. And the good thing, the good thing too, is he was, he was finishing all those runs. Yes. It wasn't like he was just, you know, half, half assing it. He was, uh, he was finishing all those runs, runs. So, um, and we could talk about the offensive offense in this game, but it was the Dallas's defense. That really deserves some accolades too here. As a unit, they held Minnesota's high-powered offense to only 278 total yards and just an 8% conversion rate on third down. And um, they were getting after it, the Cowboys. And uh, uh, Micah Parsons, man, he was all over the field. Yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, he had a big night again. And so did Randy Gregory. There were some penalties later in the game. We'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were, yeah, they were a little suspect. All three of them, I thought. He really puts pressure on quarterback. I mean, not a ton of sacks, but when I know, I just noticed how quickly the quarterback just seems to be under pressure and has to get rid of. Because he really, right? The thing that Gregory, I see that that what he really does best is he gets off that line of scrimmage like a bullet. And, yes. so, and sometimes, you know, he gets caught up in the middle with some of the, the linemen, but that first burst, he's already but up in the... He's got the first step that's as fast as I've ever seen. Yeah, and he gets the offensive linemen on on their heels right away. And, that, yeah. and that's what you want to see, right? So, um, defense played well, great. So the, Mar- the Marcus 
he's coming back. I, I, I don't know. I thought so too. I thought maybe I don't know. I got I didn't see anything for this week. Yeah, do you think anything weird's going on there? No, I don't think so. I, I think they're just probably saying, hey, you know, we're getting some good play and we want to make sure you're healthy. I think he's gonna earn his job back, although his competition I mean he's not competing against Gregory, so Right. This team is also without Michael Gallup on the other side of the ball. Well, which is yeah, really, which is really cra- crazy to think I mean, about. Michael Gallup isn't even playing. Well, does Gallup automatically become, you know, the number three again, or does he got to earn his way back? Yeah, this will be interesting to see how they do this. Well, I think what Kellen Moore does is, I know he likes. I think Gallup might be the fastest of them all. So I, I think the way Kellen Moore is going to do this is he's going to uh, air it out. He'll air it out. He'll actually, get. Will, no, Wilson's faster. He's faster I, than Gallup? Yes, I checked on that a couple of days okay. ago. Yeah. Wilson is actually the fastest receiver on the team. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I was thinking about that a couple of days ago, and I'm like, well, I, and I looked it up, and sure enough, it was confirmed he's the fastest receiver. Gallup's yeah. the second fastest. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, Gallup's going to – Gallup, I, he's going to – He's going to use all, and I and I really trust Kellen Moore. He's got these guys situational, so he's looking for he's looking for matchups and he's looking for opportunities. And I think the more guys that you have, like they do right now, especially Aiden Gallup in there, that's going to create some really matchup problems for the defense because you yeah. can't, you can't stop everybody. But think, but think about when they use a four wide receiver set, right? Right. Oh my God. Right. How scary is that? Right. You got Cooper. You got Lamb, you got Wilson, and you got Gallup. Right. Holy crap. Right. Is there any secondary that can cover that? No. Not if not if Dak has time to throw. It's over. Right. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing there with those four guys and blocking. You're set. They're going to score thirty points a game. You know. Yeah. Not not to mention you know as far and again about blocking another thing that. That uh, Elliot does way better than Pollard. Yeah. Uh, nothing is, is is picking up the blitz and blocking. Right. He's, He's got better instincts. Better. Yes, he has better instincts. You're right. He knows yeah. where the guy's coming. If you remember, Pollard was the one that missed uh, the blind side there. He could have chipped that uh, the guy that sacked the Minnesota dude who's on that sack and fumble. He didn't chip that guy. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So he lost track there. So you got to be careful with that. But you know they bounce and he back. Has a lot of those moments in blocking. Elliot is a much more solid blocker. Right. Much more. Right. Right. So the Cowboys defense they held Kirk Cousins to just 184 yards passing. Uh, rookie linebacker Micah Parsons, who was outstanding, he had 11 tackles, 10 solos, and four tackles with loss. For losses and all those four tackles for losses, man, they were like one-on-one tackles, man. They were open field tackles where, look at the running backs, like, wait, I'm a running back. You shouldn't be able to catch me. But you know, he was out there clipping everybody down. Rumor has it he's pretty good. Yeah, he 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 was all over the field. He really was. And you know what's funny about it too is he's not even rushing the passer. 
but he's getting out there. He's 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 getting out there on those run plays and just cutting everything off. And he almost had an interception. Did you see that deflection? He almost had an interception too. Yeah, he's always around. It's like a young Sean Lee, to be honest. Yeah. With speed, uh, with more speed. Huh? What's that? Sean Lee with speed. <laughs> a little more speed. Well, that's what I'm saying. Young yeah. Sean Lee, uh, healthy Sean Lee. Right. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's pretty impressive. I think he's got the inside track on defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Well, who else is, who else did, who, whose name do you hear other than his? No. I don't, I don't think, I, I don't hear anybody's name other than his. So, but the, I can't but, think of a quarterback, a safety, lineman. I, I just, it's like, I right. think he's got the inside track. Well, I told a Chicago Bears fan the other night, I said, you know, you moved up to get Justin Fields. And guess who was yeah. take, and guess who was taken after Justin Fields? Parsons. And I said to the Bears yeah. fan, I said, you could have had Rokon Smith on one side and Parsons on the other, and it, it would have been like Singletary and Wilbert Marshall of uh, 1985. But you went exactly, yeah. But uh, they're going to be sorry they passed up on Parsons in a couple of years when Justin Fields is playing in the CFL. <laughs> That's pretty harsh, dude. <laughs> Too harsh. It's probably true. <laughs> well, you had a, you had a four letter word for Justin Fields the other day that started with a B. And end it with a T. <laughs> yeah, I did. And I told uh, everybody that. And I said, you know what? I said, my buddy Ron Brown called Justin Field a bust. And I'm like, well, you know what? That's really, you know, if you don't live in Chicago and you're not a Bears fan, but you're a football fan, yeah, that's probably what people are thinking. He's a bust because he hasn't even thrown for like 250 yards in a game yet. Well, yeah, just to be clear, it wasn't last week that I called him a bust. No, you called him like, several weeks ago. Draft. But like right. the day after the draft when we talked, I was like, I can't believe the Bears picked that guy. It's going to be a bust. It's going to be a bust. Well, yeah. yeah. So they're all they're all hanging their hat on that 22-yard run he had for a touchdown, I said. But I said, don't expect that every week. You can't right. run your way to a Super Bowl. Right. The only person that may be able to do that is Lamar Jackson, but who knows? He may not even be able to do it. Well, that thought just came to my head, but my gut instinct tells me no. Oh. It's, it's never been successful, and even less so now. Right, right. It's a, it's a passing game, not a running game. Right. You want a passing quarterback, not a running one. Right. I well, mean, look, my look. gut instinct just tells me no. No, no. Good point. All right, so let's get into the game. We'll go to the first quarter. After the first 15 minutes of play, the Cowboys showed they could – Go toe-to-toe with the Vikings, even without Prescott. Dallas dominated the time of possession uh, in the first quarter. 10 minutes and 20 seconds to 4 minutes and 40 seconds. And outgained the Vikings 93-79 uh, to 79 in, the first, uh, in the first quarter. But Minnesota held the advantage on the scoreboard 7-0 after the Vikings took the game's opening possession and drove 75 yards in 7 plays uh, to the end zone. And there you go at 7-0. Drove the ball all the way down the field. But, again, this is a different team. Uh, Cowboy teams in the past would have already been sulking. But this team, you know, I had I had some confidence. I said, okay, you gave them one. But uh, I knew things were going to be a little bit different. Did you have the same feeling? I did because yeah. this has pretty much fit the pattern all year. Yeah. 
Yeah. We've seen this multiple times this year, so. Yeah. Yeah, no problem at that point. Right, they had that 31-yard pass to tight end Tyler Conklin and that 14-yard pass uh, interference on Trayvon Diggs when he was tugging on that jersey. And they, and they, you know, he, he's really aggressive, Diggs. He's not afraid to get an interference call. You know, he's just he's just out there figuring, I'm going to so, do... Yeah, go ahead. Here's the thing with Diggs. Uh, you get the bad with the good, right? Yeah. But I think, remember last year, he was hurt half season. He's only in, like, his 14th, 15th game at this point, right? Yeah. Has to really play, and I know we've done this before on the podcast, but... Um, I think he's only going to get better. And actually, I said this about the whole defense this year. They have so many young guys and rookies that they, they're they not anywhere close to their ceiling yet. I don't think so anyway. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think he reached the ceiling. And Diggs in particular, he's going to get better because, again, he produces a lot of good, but, damn, there's a lot of bad too, right? Right, right. Mostly good, so, though, so far. It's mostly good. If you look at his overall trajectory, it's it's on an upward decline, yeah, right? Right. You can be good and you're bad, but overall, he's on an upward trajectory. Yeah. By he, the end of this season, let's see what he is by the end of this season. Right. I'm calling for Remember this one, everybody, okay? Remember this one. I'm calling for a pick six this week, though. He's going to get a pick six on Teddy Bridgewater this week. It wouldn't surprise me. Because I think that's a good call. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can put a bet on that on uh, DraftKings, if they have some odds on that. I'm gonna look. Um, but anyway, that drive there's, finished there's with. No it. Doubt, there's no doubt that Diggs knows how to read the route. He tries to jump him. Right? Yep, because he's Which got closing speed. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's probably due for like. One of those jump routes and picking one off. Yeah, and why not against the Denver Broncos and Bridgewater, right? Yeah, I agree. With a better time. So that drive ended with uh, a 20-yard score to uh, Adam Thielen, who was completely wide open. So we'll throw that one over our shoulder. And then the Cowboys, you know, cause wasn't helped when following a drive to the Minnesota's 19-yard line. A sack on third and seven forced Greg Zerline to try a 43-yard field goal that sailed wide left. And it seems like Zerline has a problem with that first field goal every game. Yeah, so it's almost like you need to get it out of his system. Right. Drive down and stall and kick just to get it out of his system. Right, yeah, we can't have that, though. And I'm wondering just a little bit if the two, if Jerry and his son's up there in the booth when they're watching the game, are they getting a little antsy with Zerline? What do you think? You think I there's... do remember a camera shot up there, and they did look a little anxious. Um, no, I mean I don't think that. I mean the the trade deadline just ended two days ago. Yeah, so yeah. He's a guy now, so now. Yeah. Well, the uh, good the one thing that they probably like about him is this guy can kick those fifty six yarders, and he never. And that, might come, that might come in very handy in the playoffs. Right. That's right. Right. Um. Tyron. Again, I, I have this conspiracy theory that this whole team and their coach in particular is focused on the big picture. Right. And, and that's, you just, you know, that was another example of it. Yeah, but, you know, somebody who can kick a 56, 60 yarder and 
and you know playoff situation that might be valuable right down the road right and uh, after the first quarter Minnesota seven Dallas nothing second quarter comes in Cowboys are on the move as a as uh, you had the combination of Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard started running the ball uh, from its own f- yeah. five-yard line down in the Minnesota Territory on the 47. But then we had that pass. This was the worst moment, I think, for Cooper Rush the entire game is when he threw that ball down the middle to Jarwin. And I know all year long, it seems like the Cowboys it was, are... It was, it was quadruple covered. Right, yeah. yeah. He threw it right in there for the interception. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh, boy. But... um. You know, I know the Cowboys all season long really, you know, they've been trying to go over the top to Jarwin all season, and eventually they'll get it right again because he's a big target. And that's a great play, but that wasn't the time to throw it to him. He was well covered. So that was a, that was an ill-advised pass. Um, but then they got the ball back, and Rush got him going again on the next series. They crossed midfield. midfield. They got to the 20, they were eating up six minutes on the clock. They couldn't get to the end zone, but this time Greg Zerline was good with this field goal because it was the second one. It wasn't the first one, Ron, right? Uh, uh, of course. I mean, this right. is, again, another pattern. I mean, right. and again, I was down in Tampa week one. He missed his first field goal. Right. I mean, I've seen this almost every game this year. Right. And I had a glass in my hand when, that, when he was about to kick that field goal. I just finished a, a beer. I had that glass in my hand. And I was holding it. I thought I was going to break it right in my wait, hands. Wait, wait. What glass is that? What I have a well, it was a it was a Line and Kugel glass, a beer glass. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about like a bourbon or something. Oh so no, I was drinking a beer. I, so the, so this glass was in my hand, and I and I think I would have shattered the glass in my hand if he would have missed that field goal. That's uh, how. Uh, I thought you meant you had a beer in one hand and a bourbon in the other. No, okay. I probably should have. I probably should have. Yeah, I'm mistaken, but you're right. You probably should have. But okay. and really, what we should have did, Ron, is I should have got you on a, um, on a uh, what do you call it? Got you on the phone, but like a like where you can see we could see each other. We should have did a shot after that game. That would have been worth yeah, it. Right. Uh, all right. Well, there will be more opportunities. There will be more opportunities, and if they win the Super Bowl, I'm going to have a champagne over my head. So it's seven to three. Minnesota 7, Dallas 3. Unfortunately, Dallas then gifted the Vikings three points before the half. Uh, the Cowboys' defense appeared to have gotten off the field. But Bradley and E, what were you doing, Bradley and E, right? Offside to get a whole new set of downs. Um, then the Cowboys and gave He's now no longer a Cowboy. Right. Maybe they sent him to the Giants. Accountability thing, but anyway, go ahead. Right. Well, they he probably got sent over to the Giants. They take a lot of yeah. they take yeah. a lot of ex Cowboys there. Um, yeah. th- then we Jason give Garrett likes guys, Jason Garrett likes guys like you. Go over to the Giants. Right. Right. Cowboys give up the big thirty-two yard completion on fourth and inches, which really did not like that at all. To Adam Thielen at the Vikings forty-four yard line, the drive kept going. Thankfully, Dallas, you know, eventually stopped the Minnesota march. Um, but then they had a 45-yard field goal, the Vikings, yeah. and now it's Minnesota 10, Dallas 3, right? Yeah. Yep. And uh, making matters worse, Dallas did get the ball back one more time, but then uh, Tyron Smith got injured, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. And that is one big man, and he was not happy on the sidelines. It kept showing you him, and he looked like he wanted to kill somebody. He was so. He was, uh, oh, you think he wanted to go back in? Well, he's either mad he got injured. He was mad about something. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's interesting that you say that because I'm, I'm wondering if that's because it consistent with the theme you were talking about earlier about yeah. you know, every man does job. I wonder if he was like pissed off he couldn't go back in. It could be. I know he wasn't happy. I can tell you that. Yeah. And I didn't return uh, at all after that. So now it's at the half. It's 10-3 Minnesota. And I'm thinking, okay. We got Cooper Rush. We don't have Dak Prescott. We're down by three at the half. Minnesota doesn't look fantastic. We stubbed our toe a few, you know, in a few things. I'm like, well, man, we have a chance to win this, right? Yeah, because how good has this team been at making adjustments at halftime this year? Yep. They've been great at it, right? Yeah, and I think that's kind of, at least with the offense, well, Hey, you know what? Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, just keep on doing what you're doing, man. I'm like, like I said earlier, whatever you're doing's working. Don't stop now. And again, we to rehash his point again. Um, we've had all these years under the Garrett era, and maybe even going back further. Yeah. But uh, where this team like got worse at halftime. Right. We've been talking. We've been conversations Bill yeah and late nights right like holy shit once again you know they come out at halftime and they make zero adjustments nothing nothing right yeah and we would talk about this is the worst team at making halftime adjustments yeah they're actually the better teams are doing it right now They're, they're doing a great job week in and week out Making adjustments at halftime. Yeah, and and the other thing too, what they're doing on both sides of the ball, and I really think this is important for good. I mean, you see that the good teams do this; they finish these plays off. And what I mean, finishing the plays off, even like uh, Vanderesh is hitting people almost out of bounds. It's like they're playing wire to wire. If you're in bounds, if if half of your foot is in bounds, I'm hitting your ass. Yeah. And we've seen we we've seen cowboy teams that take their first two hands, you know, and push the guy out of bounds and stuff. These guys are hitting people right on the stripe. Oh, oh, you mean that little sissy push? Right. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to really push it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, these guys are on like they're finishing the runs. You know, they're they're finishing their blocks. They're finishing their tackles. I mean, this team is playing the full whistle. This isn't like there's no. I haven't seen many many plays that have been taken off. Now, a few blown coverages, that's not laziness. That's just a mis-execution. But in terms of going out there hitting people wire to wire, they're doing it. Yeah. I mean, this, that defense, by the way, I'll say it again, they have, they're nowhere close to their ceiling yet. I thought early in the season, again, when we had our first podcast, Mike, you watch, I think this defense will get better and better as the year goes on. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think they're anywhere near their season yet. They're, they're going to get better. Yep. yep. Are they going to be like the best defense in the league? No, I'm not saying that. Yeah. Uh, but, but they're going to get good. Right. Now, you know, I mean, he was in Seattle, Quinn, and when he had that defense in Seattle, now he had great players, but they also had attitudes. That defense, you know, they were the Legion of Doom. They were so good they had their own name, you know. 
So yes. it's about attitude, and this defense is starting to get an attitude. And um, looking forward to Demarcus Lawrence joining the group too, and, and get him involved in that too. So, and I think this is going to benefit Demarcus Lawrence because the more games he misses, the he's going to be well rested for the second half of the season, which is going to be good. Yeah, well, that's true, but uh, he's going to have to earn his way back. Yeah, he'll he'll get in there. He'll get in there. Yeah. Yep. Let's go to the third quarter. Um, so with doubts only increasing <laughs> as the Cowboys had the ball in the second half, all Rush did was throw a strike down the middle. And boy, I love this play. Down the middle, the ball was right on the money to Cedric Wilson on a third and eight on his own 27. And then Wilson, you know, just juked his way. And boy, he looked like a, he looked like a 10-year veteran the way he ran that football, just juking his way all the way down there and took it 73 yards into the end zone. I mean, you had three Minnesota guys. They're all looking at him, running with him, but they couldn't stop him. Well, this is what I meant when I said earlier. Believe it or not, he's the fastest receiver on the team. Yeah. Yeah, and just like that, it's 10-10, right? Yeah. Right. Rush's, Cooper Rush's 73-yard touchdown pass was the longest by a quarterback making his first start as a Cowboy since Roger Staubach had a 75-yard touchdown pass against the St. Louis Cardinals back on September 21, 1969. And that really shows how old I am, Ron, because I remember the St. Louis Cardinals. Do you remember them? That. Oh, come on. You remember them. <laughs> well, I had to try. Yeah. Jim Hart. Remember that guy, Jim Hart, number 17? Uh, yes, I do. Yep. Yes. St. Louis, yes, everybody out there, the St. Louis Cardinals had a football team, which was the same name as the baseball team, which was so confusing, huh? Oh, it was. So like the Cardinals were playing, so like in October, even <laughs> in well, September, October, right. you're like, which Cardinals? Yeah. So then a swap of punts would give Minnesota a good field position at its own 45-yard line, and Cousins and the rest of the Vikings took advantage of that. Uh they went, they'd go 33 yards. That was enough to get a 40-yard field goal from Greg Joseph. And now Minnesota's up 13-10. to 10. Uh, But Cedric Wilson wasn't done. And let me tell you something. This is a weapon right here for the Cowboys. Late in the quarter, he took a pass behind a line of scrimmage on the left side, rolled back to the right, and then threw a beautiful pass, right? To Lamb for 35 yards, huh? Yeah. Well, we've seen him do this over his two seasons well actually he's only had 20 starts right but we can do this three times now and be successful every time right and he, he's i mean that was like i mean like hey we mentioned justin i haven't seen justin fields throw a pass like that yet <laughs> that was a good throw yeah i can't get off justin fields i better leave him alone right uh well no because no. he deserves it right so that led to another Zerline field goal. Actually, he doesn't deserve it. The Bears deserve the it. The Bears deserve it. That led to another Zerline. Yeah. Yeah. Zerline kicked another one um, from 39, 39 yards out to even the score at 13 as the game headed to the fourth quarter. So now it's – now um, we go to the fourth quarter. Penalties, again, proved costly for the Cowboys. And this is where <laughs> – I could not believe I wanted to you talk about all right so the first time in the field I was trying to I had this glass on my hand I wanted to just I was like losing my mind over there watching these penalties 
because there's absolutely no way that that was a penalty on rough on that roughing call they they called on that. Well, uh, that's for Gregory, right? Yeah, no way. I mean, Chris Collinsworth, uh, Al Michaels, they're sure. laughing at it. Yeah, I totally agree. It was not right, and even the expert in the booth, right? He said it wasn't either. Yeah, well, he said it wasn't even close. He's like, I don't understand that. Right. So, so they got a so they got the roughing passer penalty and gave him 15 yards and a first down with two unnecessary roughness calls, adding another 18 yards and two more for a first down. So then you have the other penalty. It didn't even look that guy was acting. He fell. Well, one of those I thought was like total bullshit. The other one I thought, all right, maybe, okay, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that was two out of three bullshit penalties. Right. So, you know, Dallas is up 16 to 13. They got a three point lead. And now, all of a sudden, the refs are helping Minnesota out. And then they got another one. And the guy was in bounds when, when uh, Gregory hit him. Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Right. So, when was the last time we've seen three penalties like that on the same drive against the same team? I, I thought that was just completely nuts. And really, so did uh, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, they were commenting on that. They were like, ah, boy, this is not good. Yeah. Right. Right. So then um, the Vikings, end, I mean, the Dallas defense actually held them to a field goal, right? Yeah. So I actually think that they were inside their 10-yard line. I think they had a first and goal, Bill. Yeah. And couldn't get in the end zone. Right. I think they had a first and goal, like the nine-yard line, nine-and-a-half. And... As the Cowboys' defense has been doing all year, I mean, really, they've been doing this all year, right? Up to a field goal. Yep. Right. So Dallas, um, there's two minutes and 54 seconds on the clock for Rush and the Cowboys' offense to win the game, and then Rush quickly hit Cooper on a pair of passes for a combined 51 yards, and um, clutch catches by Cooper there, right? Again, as we we always. Yeah, so, so. Mr. Fourth Quarter. Right. He's been, again, he's been doing this all year. Right. All year. You know, in the fourth quarter, he just makes these clutch catches. Right. That's what he does. Yep, that's what he does. And then there was a few penalties there by Minnesota. Dallas worked down the field where it faced a third and 16 at the Vikings 25-yard line. Third and 16 this was. You know, third and 16, right? And that's when Rush... Hits Elliott over the middle, who powered his way down to the five-yard line with 56, 56 seconds left. And that's when I knew the Cowboys were going to win this game. What, what a uh, clutch play by right. Elliott. Right. Again, what, what's different about the Cowboys this year is the guys that got paid, they're expected to perform, right. particularly late in the game. Yep. And they're doing it. They're doing, they it. doing it. Right. But yet the Cowboys were not in the end zone yet. And then Rush... Uh, lofted a perfect pass to Cooper in the back left corner of the end zone. Cooper made a spectacular catch, you know, and then the toe tapping uh, that he did for that touchdown was unreal and um, just a fantastic, uh, fantastic drive at the end. And um, yeah. right. So spook, spooky night there for the Minnesota Vikings on Halloween. <laughs> well, it was a treat for me. Not a trick. Oh. Yeah. And uh, if I was at the game, 
leaving that stadium, I would have been going to all the Minnesota Vikings fans, with that stupid horn right back at them. I hate that horn. Is there anything more annoying in the NFL? No, that that horn's got to go. I mean, Tampa Bay has its cannon, but that's okay. That's cool. I'm okay with the cannon. That horn thing, though, holy shit. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I can't stand it. Can't stand it. So let's look, go inside the numbers here before we wrap it up. Cooper Rush, 20 for 44 for 325 yards, two touchdowns. He had that interception, threw in double, triple coverage, sacked three times. Uh, but guess what? He came out with a win, right? Yeah, what? He put that in the bread basket of Cooper. That's all he had to do. Right. And, yeah, and that pass of Wilson. Yeah. When he read that, the safeties had vacated, and that was a touchdown. You know what? That's two plays in commodity every time. Yeah, but sometimes now, you just limit. don't. Sometimes you just don't I know if these guys. That. What's that? There are limits to that. Yeah, you just so, what the Rams gave up for Von Miller. I'm like, ooh, that was pretty steep. Well, you know what? They gave up a lot of picks for Stafford too. They have. They've mortgaged their franchise for this season because they're playing. They want to win a Super Bowl at SoFi. That's what they want. That's what this is all about. Yeah. The, the next five years, they will be on a decline. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and I don't want the and I don't want the and you can't do that when you got Dak Prescott. You can't mortgage the whole future um, when you have a when you have a quarterback like like Dak Prescott. That with Stafford, you can do it because he's on his way out soon anyway. Yeah. You know, so. uh, I mean, my point about all that is, is the Rams are a good team. Yeah. Right. And they, they, they are equal, if not better. Right. Uh, but the thing is, we got going for us for this year. The Rams are all in. They're, they're going to go way downhill after this year. Right. But we're not. We're we're on the uphill trajectory. Right. That's what I like. Yeah, and and then. You know, you know, and then you have your draft picks there where maybe you can draft another, you know, guy on that defense again, another big-name guy that was in college who had a great career and assimilates his game well to the NFL, and you keep on rolling with that. So uh, I'm okay with it. And here's the other thing, right? Hey, Amari Cooper could break his ankle tomorrow. And well, we have- this will be fine. Huh? This team would still be fine if that happened. Well, that's what I mean. Because I know that's, you know, that's, that guy's the number one receiver. Yeah, and I don't know what anybody says. Right. We've had years where we were lean at the wide receiver position, and I just like watching all these guys. and And I think more, I think more is clever enough to get them all involved and keep them all happy. Yeah. But, You're right about Cooper. Make no mistake. He's he's the leader of that defensive yeah. or right, the, the wide receiver. Right. He's the leader. Yep. Of the uh, receivers. Yep. I mean, no question. All right. So let's let's look at the defense. Some of the inside the numbers on the defense. Parsons, eleven total tackles, ten solo tackles, which really is unheard of in the NFL. Ten solo tackles, and um, a quarterback hit. J. Ron Curse again. We got to give game ball to J. Ron Curse again. He's all over the field again, right? Yeah, as usual. Yeah. Right. And what about, let's give Jordan Lewis. Remember a couple of those hits he had? Yeah, he's been 
playing pretty good. Yeah, he had some big hits in that game. Five tackles, five solos. You had Justin Hamilton was in there getting a quarterback hit. You had uh, Dicky Zua got his name mentioned again. Carlos Watkins was involved on the defense. Yeah. Uh, Van Der Esch is okay, nothing great, right? But he's in there. What do you yeah. think? What do you think of Van Der Esch? Is he slipping? Um, I mean, I think he's about average in yeah. the league. Yeah, that's fine. Right. I mean, I put him like at the fiftieth percentile. Right. Um, I mean, that's where he's at. That's where he's at. Right. Randy Gregory had a sack and three quarterback hits. We've talked about him. Dorrance Armstrong. Well, yeah, he's way above the fiftieth percentile. Right. And I. I think those penalties, for the most part, were unfair. Right, they really were. It was like, hey, I remember what you used to do, so let me call one on you. You know, it's like... Yeah, that's what it felt like. Right, yeah. right. Armstrong and Basham were, were putting pressure on the quarterback, which I, was good to see that. So, all in all, great effort from the defense. Um, looking at some other, other stats, Tony Pollard, kick returns. He had one for 22 yards. Nothing there. He had Cedric Wilson... Not much on the punt returns for the Cowboys. Nobody returns punts anymore. Zarline, two out of three for the field goals. Uh, we talked about him a little bit. Let's see. Brian Anger, 45 yard on four punts. Uh, so he's been continuing to kick well again for the Cowboys. Now, look at the team stats here. Passing first downs. Dallas had 17. Minnesota had six. And... <laughs> So you would have thought that Minnesota had their backup quarterback in. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, they kind of flipped it there. But one thing I didn't like in this game was, um, you know, you just just got to execute on third down, seven for 14. 50 well, like to, to go back for a minute on, yeah. on yeah, the, the, uh, wait a minute. Yeah, never mind, go ahead. All right, so then total plays, Dallas had – um, or total yards, I should say. Dallas had 419, Minnesota 278. Passing, Dallas had 341, Minnesota had 177. You had that one play for 73 yards to um, Cedric Wilson that kind of made some of that up. Rushing, you know, pretty even there. Rushing, I was surprised well, that. At the same, but at the same time, Minnesota had that big play to Jefferson and then Feline. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Were you surprised not enough? Um, not enough running in that game for Minnesota. Were you expecting them to? Uh, I thought you, with Dalvin I, Cook didn't I, get a lot of action. Bill, when I was looking at this, I reviewed this before I call. Yeah. And uh, the same thought occurred to me when I saw that yards per average, whatever, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I get this feeling that anybody that's playing the Cowboys are always afraid of their offense and feel like they have to push the envelope with their passing game. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, do you get that sense Yeah, I do. I, I think I, yeah, I think that's a great point. I think that's a great point because they think those, here's what they think. They think their corners are still weak because the Cowboys had some weak, weak secondary for a while, some weak safety play, but things are different now and they're learning it the hard way. But I just see this every week this season so far. It just feels like the other team comes out of the box right. uh, feeling like a sense of urgency, like, 
damn, this team can score 50 points with us. We have to just, like, you know, push the envelope. And in pushing the envelope, you know, it doesn't work out for them. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Penalties, too many penalties for the Cowboys. We already talked about a few of them. Maybe unfair, but 11 penalties is not good. Too many penalties. Um, but, you know, when they're aggressive penalties and they win, I kind of like them, <laughs> thinking about them the next day. But They, they do, but, you know, a lot of that's on defense, right. obviously. But, uh, right. It has been all year. But I, I'll, I'll just keep saying, though, this defense will get better. There's a lot of young players. They haven't figured it all out yet. Um, they haven't hit their ceiling yet this year. Yep. And they will. And yep. That number will go down. Right. And time of possession pretty close. Dallas 32, uh, Minnesota 27. So let's look to this coming week. And um, Teddy Bridgewater and the Denver Broncos are in town. And they just gave up Von Miller. So, you know, their season's going in the tank a little bit here. They're 4-4, they're four and four though. So the record's not bad, but there's a lot of competition in that division. But look at their wins, Ron. They have four wins. And this is who they're against. The Jets. Uh, yeah. The Redskins, the Jack, the Jaguars, and the Giants. Impressive. And their losses: Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Oakland, and Cleveland. Yeah. So they're four and fourteen. Yeah. Just like the record. Right. So. You are what you are. That's about right. Right. So this week they should be four and five. This should be. Pretty easy win for the Cowboys for a lot of reasons. They they've been on a road for two weeks, so they're home again. Yeah, right. Prescott's playing this week. Um, I this could be one of those games every year that you know hopefully your team has right. where it's over by halftime. Well, so I think the biggest thing for Kellen Moore is how do I slay the dragon? Which way are we going to go here? Are we going to are we going to hit him with the runs? Or are we going to hit him with the passing? Or are we going to mix it up? Or what are we going to do, right? Well, I think he's pretty good at, like, deciding that on the fly. Yeah. And, and again, that, that's a very different from past Cowboy teams where this is our game plan and we will not de- deviate no matter what. Right. I think Delta Moore comes in and I'm like, our game plan is to take advantage of whatever the defense has given us. Yeah. That's a very different attitude. We're going to do X, and we're going to, no matter what, we're sticking with that. As right. opposed to, uh, we're going to just do whatever, like, the defense is, like, giving us. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. So, um, this one's a 12 o'clock start. So, it's an early start in Dallas. And, um, you know... Every the only thing that scares me, and I have to say something the other way, right? I got to say something the other way. Every yeah. season, every season, every team has a game that they lose that they should have won, that they overlooked. Something just didn't go right, right? So right. I'm hoping I'm hoping that's not going to be this week because sometimes you know if it's the Giants, if it's the Redskins, if it's somebody in your division, you get a little bit more motivated. This is a team out in the AFC West coming in for a noon start. You think you would be all ready for this one, um, with Dak coming back and all of that? But you know, I'm just hoping this isn't one of those catch games. Yeah, I'm not as worried about about this game because of Dak coming back as I yeah. am the next game. Yeah. 
It's the, it's the next one that I'm more worried about, right. which is, I uh, believe, uh, oh, who is that? Uh, You're bringing it up? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to look at this, yeah. Uh, Let's see. <laughs> All right, here we go. So the next game is the Falcons on November 14th. Okay. Yeah. To me, that feels more like the trap game because, again, this week you, you've got Prescott coming back and all that. They're not going to lose. And their first game home in two weeks. Right. Uh, next week is another home game against the Falcons. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We shall see. Well, and Ron. After that, it's against the Chiefs. And uh, as you know, I'm going out to that game. Right. Right. And the Chiefs are not as good as. I mean, I still think the Chiefs are good. They're just not really together right now. No, they're not. No, they're having trouble on offense. They're having trouble on defense, you know, and. And. Um, We'll see. I mean, it's, they're you know they're not what we th- you know they're not playing the way that we thought they would or anybody thought they would really at this point. But um, uh, so let me ask you this question. Yeah. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? Well, I think they're going to be we're going to maybe see them in the playoffs again. Well, you saw what happened with Aaron Rodgers this week. He's he's not playing uh, Sunday, but he's got COVID. Yeah. Right. But. Supposedly lied about being vaccinated. All that kind of. There's oh. a whole lot of a whole lot of controversy there, which is thank God it's not in Dallas. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. That's right. But uh, um, they're they're playing good but, football. But yeah, but when I look at them on offense, they only have two key players. Uh, who? What's the name of that receiver? Aaron. Uh, Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams. And then they have Aaron something or another out of the back. Aaron right? Jones? Yeah. Yes. Right. Our team is up against that. We we have cornerbacks. By the way, Anthony Brown's having a great year. We didn't even talk about that earlier. But anyway. Yeah. Um, that's their only real two threats on offense. And we got a player. Micah, Micah Parsons could shut down that running back. I'm telling you. And whether it's Diggs or Brown or whatever, they, I think we match up really yeah. well against the pack. Yeah, we do, and but you know what? Pass, I'm I'm not going to say plus anything. Plus our pass rush, plus our pass rush against their like weak offensive line, yeah. we match up very well against them. Right, we do, but at the same time, this is a team that we have lost to in big pla- big games, quite a few times now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lay low on that until we beat them. I agree, but I just think we match up against yeah, them. Yeah, I think well. so. I think so too. You know, so we'll the see. Rams, that's a different story. Yeah. Well, the Rams. Yeah, that is a different story. But uh, we'll see. Maybe they maybe they have, they have way more more weapons or much more balanced team than the Packers. The Rams are a different story. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of football to be played, and a lot of things can still happen. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Ron, any parting shots before we close up shop on another uh, Cowboys recap? No, I'm 
I'm not, again, I'm not used to talking about positive things every week. I know. Which doesn't about my character, but yeah. Uh, hopefully next week I'll have the same problem. Right. Hopefully it'll be, uh, we'll have something new to talk about, hopefully positive. So some other new cowboy has a great game, right? There you go. Yeah, yep. that's right. All right, Ron, and uh, take care and uh, watch that Jets game tonight. Oh, yeah. Got to turn that on right yeah. now. It's going to be coming on Thursday on. night. All right, man. Uh, take uh, care. Huh? All right. Bye-bye. Okay, that's it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fan Man Podcast. You can catch the Fan Man Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other platforms. Check out our Twitter page at the underscore fan underscore man underscore and tell me what you think. Thank you.